are listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Shaw, and this is the Christmas episode 2017. Merry Christmas to all the punks! And it's Christmas Eve as I make this recording a little late, you think? Well, hey, some of you are traveling, I don't know, sitting in an airport, on an airplane, in a car, on a bus. Punk Theology, man, we're here for you. Also, Christmas isn't over on the 25th, all right? The 12 Days of Christmas. You remember that ambiguous song, right? Who gives a partridge in a pear tree? What is, what is that? Uh, the twelve days of Christmas is it leads back to some Celtic tradition, as I understand it. Uh, the song, uh, this is from Mental Floss, by the way. This is the source that I got this information from. But the song, the twelve days of Christmas. Um, was kind of like code, it's rumored. It was written in France around 1780, and it was illegal to be a Christian. So the Catholics used this to to kind of code the liturgy, right? Um, My true love gave to me was words for God, right? God gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. I guess that makes more sense now. Right, it's like a gratitude exercise or something. But according to the tradition, the twelve days of Christmas start on the twenty sixth of December and go till January fifth. So Christmas Day being on the twenty fifth, I'm not sure why they don't call it the thirteen days of Christmas because it's actually thirteen days. But hey, who am I to mess with tradition? All right. But historically, the 12 days of Christmas signify the time between the birth of Christ and the night before Epiphany, which is the day the Magi visited bearing gifts, which is called the 12th night. So I guess that makes sense, right? So Christ is born on the 25th, the first day until the 12th day when the Magi show up. I'd also like to point out that Magi, another word for that is mystic, all right? So that could be a a Christian mystic. Was that the first Christian mystic, the uh, Magi? So in Western culture, we go to the fifth, and in most, in in the tradition, the twelfth day is January 6th, where we Westerners tend to celebrate it as the fifth. Five golden rings. (laughs) So in Western culture, some nitpicky, nutsy, boltsy theologian said the fifth when it's actually the sixth, which is the twelfth night. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. This, uh, This history lesson is brought to you by the fact that I was late putting this show up and so that's the reason I'm 
Somebody's flying, somebody's snitched on me Oh, I'm getting lying for Christmas Mommy and Daddy, you're mad I'm getting lying for Punktheology.com Hey, why not become a Patreon saint Like our one guy, Carlton Who is given to this odyssey on the information superhighway um, as we sleigh ride into the future. Um, we welcome you to uh, join us. If you'd like to financially support this podcast, we would certainly appreciate it. Keep the lights on over here at Punk Theology, um, as well as uh, leave a review. If you haven't uh, and you enjoy this podcast, man, if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, that's really all it takes to join this punk talk movement. Uh, it's snowing Christmas Eve here in the Seattle area. As I record this, you look outside, snow's falling Christmas Eve. How rare that is uh, inspired me to play some more punk rock bumper music. Here you go. Jimmy Fallon. I may or may not have said that. I, I can either confirm or deny it. <laughs> the Christmas episode. The Christmas episode. The Christmas episode of oh, Punk Theology. Lord have mercy. Uh, oh, there you go. It's probably going to be our, our most popular It might episode. be. It might be. Isn't that the irony of it? Isn't that the irony of it? <laughs> it's usually the way it goes. I don't know. Who's not with us and who's with us tonight? So we have uh, Misha, Derek, uh, Arthur's here, John, and myself. We are missing Chuck, and we're missing Steve, which kind of sucks because I had hoping Steve would have some... Steve was a chaplain for the Supersonics, and he knew, like, NBA players, and I was hoping to get some... So now I just got the listeners all, oh, yeah, that would have been cool. (laughs) <laughs> and so you're on the same. That's right. Yeah, now you're all these years how Detlef Shrimp celebrated Christmas, and I bet Steve knew. And... Steve knew. <laughs> Did he light a? Uh, what do they call that? Menorah. Menorah. Yeah. See, I okay. What? How did Sean Kim buy gifts for all those kids? Like during Christmas, I bet, <laughs> Gary Payton. I bet Steve knows. <laughs> That's right. Gary Payton used to do shit like that. He like he'd buy a bunch of like kids and you know. Yeah, but they were actually Sean Kim's actual kids. <laughs> um, actually, all seven of us, due to the magic of editing, are present. During this recording of the Christmas special, 
kind of, sort of. We're sort of present. So, <laughs> editing. All right. And check it out. On the other side of this bumper, Steve uh, divulges some of his NBA stories that he recalls. Because he actually doesn't recall any <laughs> any Christmas stories from his time as a chaplain for uh, an NBA team. He actually shared that with us off mic. You know, he, yeah, I don't recall any, you know, but hey, all of that aside, Steve is a great guy and what he shares and you guys are going to love it, especially those of you who don't enjoy sports talk radio. You gotta set emotional. You gotta set an emotional frequency for these things. Um, so, Steve, as a kid, what is your what what did Santa like? Your first memories of fucking Santa. Let's start there. Steve is a little boy. Santa comes into the picture. Were your parents were your parents like Santa people? Did they did they tell you the lie? First. Christmas present I remember from Santa is a trike. A trike? I could not tell you how old I was. I could not tell you where. I knew it was in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. Where I was born, but I could not tell you how old I was. How did it feel? Did you feel like, oh shit, I got a trike? No, I was psyched. Nice. One thing growing up that I remember about Christmas was that I couldn't decorate the tree. Oh, yeah. Dad did it. We could put the icicles on the tree. But we could never put the lights up. We could never put the the uh, <coughs> ornaments up. All we could do is put the icicles up. Was he like afraid you're going to break something? Or? He wouldn't do it right. My dad was. An oh, artist. Uh, he was what? He's an artist. Oh, okay. My dad did uh, was a production illustrator at Boeing before they had CAD drawings. Yeah. He did it all by hand. Oh, oh wow. Uh, yeah, and then the other one Chuck just brought up was my. I've been married 37 years. My first. Christmas being married. I got married August 16th, 1980. December of 1980, we go out to get a Christmas tree. I told my wife, let's go out and get our first Christmas tree. She grew up in Spokane. You go out to get a Christmas tree, you go out and hunt a Christmas tree, a live Christmas tree. So my wife is getting all bundled up with the scarf and the hat and the coat. We go to Sears. I grew up with a fake tree. Uh-huh. She was so disappointed that... I was all dressed up, but the difference is, is that I grew up with fake trees. Right. All of us kids were out, were allergic. My wife grew up with real trees, and that was one of the things we never discussed. But that's our first Christmas together was the disappointment in her eyes when I took her out to get a Sears, not outdoor <laughs> lot, indoor <laughs> lot, right? To get an artificial. We're not going to the mountains. No, we're not. We're, we're going, going to ball. Sears. This is not Griswold yeah. Christmas. That was my first. I remember shit. Throughout the years, but that was my first one I remember. I just that just clicked. Yeah. The trike. Wow. I don't know. How. And you were just excited. And yeah. Like, Holy I was smoke! I never had anything like it before. Wow. I'm sorry about the the not decorating the tree thing. That's kind of fucked up, man. It's sort of yeah. a weird childhood. Like, don't touch the tree. This is my wife grew up the same way. Oh wow. Uh. Her family could put the crisp, put the icicles up. Her her brothers. 
Yeah. But Dad did the tree ornaments, the set it, spun it, just right. Right. Yeah, passed it. Yeah. She, she apologized because we were putting the tree up two weekends ago, and she goes, I just need to tell you, I rearranged some of the ornaments that you put up. <laughs> I, I am so far past caring where those ornaments go. Nice. You can take them off for all. I right. should have apologized because so you don't have, you know, experience hanging ornaments. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's right. But it's punk rock, though. Like she, went, she went all punk rock on you. Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move some fucking ornaments. Yeah. Oh, cool. I it's like funny it. when you ask Steve about the first, um, like, memory of Santa Claus. Santa Claus, yeah. Because my parents and my sisters, I don't know how much they do this, but my parents, there was no Santa Claus. I never, and it was oh really? No, nor did like Halloween was weird too because it's the school That's would the have the devil's Halloween. holiday. Yeah, Chuck. Right? yeah, yeah. So the school <laughs> would have like a party, and every year we would get pulled out of the of the school before the party would start oh, and we'd man. go to Baldinger's and they had it was a candy store and over Halloween you could fill up this bucket for like five bucks this bucket was huge um, or I just thought it was big it was probably in this really tiny container um, but so Christmas it was never yeah Santa wasn't real <laughs> at all uh-huh. I got more Santa presents when I had kids than I did when I was a kid you know it's do you all grow up with that? Do you all, all grow up with Santa? No, Santa. Believing in Santa? We talked about that. A little bit, yeah. Earlier in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good. No, but Steve is, Steve is processing our Santa experience, which I think is is. I didn't do Santa in my house because I wanted the gratitude for all the gifts I gave my kids. I guess that is to God's truth. I get that. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's relatively innocuous. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, you know, my grandma would put cookies out for Santa or something. You know, but it was well, a pretend thing. Like, let's pretend. All my study school teachers, all my kids' study school teachers, told them one real. I go, hey, that's not your job, sister. Mm-hmm. That, just, that just pissed me off. Yeah. My oldest asked me if Santa was real. This was like maybe a month ago or so, and they, I looked in at him. And I'm like, "Oh shit! I don't want this question because he's not, but he's awesome because he brings gifts." So I'm like, "Well, what do you think?" He's yeah, like, that's the way to do it. Yeah. He looks at me and he's like, "Wait, what do you mean? Like, I asked you a question. <laughs> Answer it, damn it!" Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, no. What do you think? Like, do you think he's real?" He's like, "Well, yeah. He brought you. He brought you bullets last year, Dad. Like, he brought them. <laughs> Santa brought you bullets. Like, that's my kind of Santa." Like, so yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. Well, why did he bring you bullets? Well, because I believe in him. You do? Well, he brought me bullets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Fucking <laughs> the kid's funny. So you don't have... So all your early Santa memories have been burnt by bad religion. Well, no. I, I mean, well, bad religion, sure. I mean, it wasn't ever a, like Santa doesn't exist because it's a sin. It just was, you know, no, it's Jesus' birthday or some damn thing. It's We're supposed to... Be worshiping God and not yeah. this magical right. fucking being that brings you presents. Even though it wasn't yeah. actually Even though born in December. <laughs> yeah, right. and that's what I said or earlier in this episode too. They're asking the same magical beings to bring them presents. I love that scene in Full Metal Jacket where the drill sergeant sings "Happy Birthday, Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> Today is Christmas. <laughs> I uh, I grew up in Illinois, and our our Christmases in the in the Midwest were usually pretty snowy, and um, but one Christmas I recall that I went to visit my grandmother. She lived outside of Oakland, 
California, and so we flew out for Christmas break, and that was kind of a big deal for us because we didn't do a lot of flying vacations, uh, any really. So we we're, were spending Christmas there, and, and it was it was gorgeous, and my sister and I were playing outside all the time, and it was a nice break from the piles of snow that were being plowed around my street in Illinois. Um, but there's still that, you know, that thinking about Christmas where it's supposed to be a snowy winter thing. Like all the movies that are about Christmas always take place in some snowy place unless they're supposed to be in Hawaii or something stupid. Um, or so Seattle here where it rains all the time. Yeah. But so you've got this, you've got this ideal. And so uh, that year I remember I got a, a, a remote control car, which I thought was great. And and so we, we but we did the whole get up early thing and everybody got my grandma, my parents and everybody nobody noticed until we're done that I put my remote control car together and I go to go outside that it had snowed that day in Oakland, California. Wow. It hadn't done that in like forty five years yeah. or something yeah. like that. It hadn't snowed in forty five years and it snowed on Christmas. on Christmas morning, the only day while we're well, there. Year was that? I do not remember. I was young. Uh, so probably like the early 80s. That was like a magical. And I drove my remote control car in the snow, yeah. <laughs> which was actually pretty awesome. But just saying, research, yeah, throwing snow everywhere, my, sliding. Little did you know, somebody broke up in a giant thing of coke, and it was just. <laughs> 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 that seems more likely. Than me. We're like, yeah. Yeah. We're like all these malls are doing now with the soap, right? Like they do these soap kind of, it's like soap snow, bubbles. soap bubbles. And yeah, it's not soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's snow, Russ. It is. That's Quit right. Where's your imagination? Dickhead. What are you, you going to do next? Tell people Santa doesn't exist? I know, right? Motherfucker. <laughs> Russ is going to unpack. So what's your Christmas, Russ? Well, my Christmas this year or what? When you were a kid. When I was a kid, uh, it was it was just, you know, I don't know. It no, was, we don't know. Didn't yeah, we do. That? We recorded already. Yeah, we talked yeah, about that earlier. So did, did I talk about Microsoft? Yeah, I don't remember. Steve is suffering from uh, short-term memory. You can listen to the prior part of this episode. <laughs> where I unpack my childhood. Sorry, you're sitting wire. right there. I hope you edit this. Please, God, edit this. Please edit this. So my favorite childhood Christmas memory was when Nintendo 64 came out. Fuck, everybody wanted one. Uh-huh. And my brother and I searched that house every fucking day looking for this thing because we knew they got it. Yeah. And, but, it, well, we didn't actually know. And so it was that if we got Which a is phone, why you were looking. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it was like they're going to do it, right? Uh-huh. They, they always... You're all praying to Santa. Out. Yeah. They pull, they, just, <laughs> they pull through every time. Right. And so... <clears throat> Christmas morning, we're opening up the presents, and it's just disappointment after disappointment because it's they're similar sized boxes. Thank you for putting my pants in a box that is almost identical in size. You know they did that on purpose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, socks, underwear, socks, underwear. It's like fuck, giving me the Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> so finally, it's the last box that's that size. We open it up. My brother and I are just going nuts. We both turn to my parents at the same time. Where's the power cord? They, they looked at us and we're, they're like, what? Listen, you buy the damn thing, you spend another $30 on this stupid <laughs> freaking conversion thing that goes to that box to that outlet. 
Where is it? We're playing. They sold the outlet separately? Yeah, there was a yeah, conversion for it. Huh. It was retarded. And they just looked at us and they're like, what are you talking about? Right here, sold separately. Yeah, we didn't get that. That would have been Oh, we were furious. So, 26th, we went, my brother and I are up earlier than we were for Christmas. <laughs> we're going to the store. We're going to the store. And sure as shit, you know, we come downstairs, we're eating just food down our gullet. <coughs> Go to the store. And yeah. you and the 17 other families that are yeah, there. Right. Yeah. Like, my, my mom looks at us and she's like, We're not going to the store. It's the day after Christmas. Like, are you nuts? Mom, sold separately. You know, like, <laughs> this is useless. This, your head. this is a fucking paperweight. You know? like, thank you for the games. Thank you for the Nintendo. I'll, buy my, I'll use my own money. I got money. Sold separately. We're going, right? No. Three days. Oh, <laughs> Three days. Yeah. And she you're had, looking at the... Oh. I feel all, like I would have um, taken my kid. I don't know. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. I would have. Because if I don't, they're just going to make a bunch of noise and ruckus in the house. And, oh, they're going to be talking uh, in a podcast. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucked up childhood. I got an Atari. That's how old I am. Fuck, I was like, Atari, that's awesome. Some of this stuff now. It's probably $500 or That is a great story. That's a great idea for an episode. How are we fucking up our kids? Yeah, isn't that the truth? Because everyone's going to screw up their kids. Oh, yeah. But see, what I like about that story is it's like my parents like fucked up. And we didn't care. It was just like, let's go. Like, it doesn't hurt me. Like, let's fix the problem. You know. Like, yeah, yeah. And did, was their fuck up that bad? No. No. Now is one of the things I made sure of. It's awful. But I didn't fuck that kind of stuff up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so Damn, I'm getting it. I don't care. He's that guy yeah. the, the guy at the store. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Make sure. Yeah. It was a while later too. They had. Um, so there's this thing in Pittsburgh called the Penny Saver. Um, oh yeah, and you just put ads, you know, you put ads in it to sell it or whatever, and people were running ads through there for these fucking Nintendos, and I don't remember how much money it was, but it was a lot before Craigslist. Right. Yeah, oh yeah, and so my you know, my up. mom like kind of like showed this to us, and we're like, well, that would have been better than the Nintendo. Why? Well, because we don't have the power. Cord. You know, like we're jabbing it with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man. I mean, John, you put your Christmas tree up like before fucking Halloween or something like that. We right? do. Uh, it was, you know, we've always loved Christmas. Uh-huh. I've always loved the aesthetics of Christmas. I, it's just always been my favorite time of year. And yeah, we've always have decorated traditionally like the week after Halloween. There's one year we didn't, and like me and my kids kind of revolted because it was my wife's call to, you know, let's just wait until right. um, after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, it, it more coincided with um, with a fasting season in okay. in the Orthodox Church, where it's you know, Orthodox, right? And or I should say, clumsily trying to be, but but really not trying, but kind of anyway. Um, yeah, so so we wanted 
to coincide with the nativity fast, and that was one thing that my wife wanted, and it just didn't work for our family. So now we've gone back to that first week of November. There you go. And yeah, try to make it last. Just keep the old tradition. Exactly. So you're That's halfway there. there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Halfway over for you. Well, no. Oh, yes. Okay, I got it. Yeah. But, but we've enjoyed an extra month, though. So. Right. <laughs> so uh, here's a question. I'll throw this one at Arthur just for shits and giggles. Um, think of five-year-old you and then think of teenage you. And how was Christmas for those two kids? You start with one or the other. I, I, throwing it out there. Um, Christmas is always pretty enjoyable in my household. Um, locally, within our nuclear family, uh, so in that, I think continued well into high school. I think the big difference I would think about is that when I was very young, I just remembered wanting stuff. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it was the yeah. time you got presents. And then by the time I was older, I remember by the time I was in high school, I was really concerned with what thoughtful things I could get for the people I cared about. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so you actually weren't a narcissist teenager, like, well, no, like myself. Not that much. <laughs> <laughs> not that much. Uh, okay, so that's, that's one I'll throw out there. What about Misha? Um... Christmas was always super awesome at our house. So my dad was Jewish, but he loved Christmas. And I think giving gifts was his love language. He mm. loved spending money. He loved shopping. And he loved giving us just mountains of presents. And he gave us cool stuff, too. Like, he did not hold back. So Christmas was always, from a materialistic standpoint, it was rad. Um, but I loved that we also, so we did Christmas sandwich and Hanukkah. So we would light the candles on the, on the menorah. We would always say the Hanukkah prayer. Um, Wait, we you, didn't do presents you for did Hanukkah. Both? Yeah, we didn't do presents for Hanukkah. We just did gifts on Christmas. Um, Why'd you do both Hanukkah and Christmas? Well, they're two separate. Well, I understand, holidays. but because but my dad is Jewish, my mom is Christian. All right, all right. You, then, then you can do that. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, my dad. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because for the most part, my dad was not observant at all. Yeah. Like as a Jew, he was totally not observant. But you love doing Hanukkah, like because right. pulling Jewish. out the menorah, lighting the candles, saying the prayers was great. We didn't do. Um, Dreidel, we dreidel, we play dreidel sometimes, not very often. Um, now, as adults, we do a lot more for Hanukkah. Like Derek and I, we make homemade jelly donuts, and like we actually do give gifts. Everybody gets socks for Hanukkah, um, nice. cool socks, well, or just you know socks. But <laughs> um, but yeah, when I was when I was five, it was all about Santa. Everything was all about Santa. I t I was a full on believer. And when I found out that Santa wasn't real, it was devastating for me. <laughs> really? It really was. Um, and I think it was devastating for my dad, too, because he really wanted to perpetuate the myth, and he really wanted us to right. hang on to that for as long as possible. But, uh, yeah. And then, and then when I was in college, so end of teenage years, beginning of early 20s, I was in the whole Christmas is just consumerist garbage and I'm All not right. going to stop. So I went to Europe um, and I backpacked around Europe over Christmas. And my family was like, you're not going to be home for Christmas. I was like, screw Christmas. And uh, <laughs> I actually spent Christmas Day in Madrid 
watching the Lord of the Rings movie on opening day in cinemas while my friends were baked out of their minds on I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. It was memorable. Yeah. Um, but then I got back into the Christmas spirit later on. That's and, cool. Yeah. Especially the spirit of serving and giving. Right. You shed the uh, rebellion and came back yeah. to the Christmas roots. Well, I think I just went really far to the other end of the spectrum. I mean, growing up in that super consumeristic, like, what can I get? Yeah. And then realizing, oh, that's really not what it's about. <laughs> it's, no. whew, that's kind of ugly. Yeah. And then finding somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I remember the, as a kid, I was kind of into that and the getting what you know all that stuff and then having my grandma read me the Grinch story you know and at mm -hmm. the end where all their presents are burnt or whatever and of course the Grinch brings them back but I thought how devastating that would be if all the presents were gone like what would you do but that's kind of the point of the the Grinch story that it's not about presents but I still I didn't get it that would suck yeah but I also remember being let down about the Santa thing too and I kind of figured it out on my own I was always kind of a I don't know maybe I should have been a detective in another life or something <laughs> but I always you know I kind of put two and two together I think it's about seven when I realized that Santa and my mom and my dad used the same wrapping paper Right? Like, that was the big one. Like, that wrapping paper is the same as the Santa wrapping paper. Oh, I get it. This is bullshit. That's <laughs> this young existential crisis I was it's having. It's usually kids' first existential crisis. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and it's like, something oh, we've tried wow. to avoid with our kids. Like, we don't, we don't do Santa. Now it's um, hard not to get my daughter to give existential crises to all of her friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I remember a, a friend of ours telling us, like, her, because they didn't do Santa, and um, their teacher actually had them as a class exercise writing letters to Santa to practice their letter writing. It was, like, in first grade or something. Yeah. So they're supposed to write a letter to Santa, and she raises her hand, and the teacher knows. She's like, oh, no. And raises her hand, she says, Yes, I'm not going to name who it was. She said, Can I write a letter to Jesus instead? <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, yeah, it was. Kind of is there another bee? Yeah, there is another bee. Wow. We gotta stop another bee. You must have a hornet's nest. Ignore it. Oh yeah, and, uh, just ignore it. Unless <laughs> a spider eats it. In the spider web. Then we'll, hopefully that'll go viral. So what about you, John? Uh, Santa. You guys do Santa? No. Okay. Because there's um, <laughs> here's the real reason why. No, we just never have. I mean, I think two of my kids intuitively liked the Santa story and latched onto it, even though we never have that or never taught right. them that but uh, you, you just know, don't believe it's more like uh if i buy you that present i want gratitude for it mm -hmm. and right. there's no such thing as santa and you know it's wasted gratitude right? <laughs> yeah. i busted my ass to buy you that yeah uh, xbox it, it's, that elf doesn't get it's not because I'm, I'm like opposed to the idea or whatever i think there's some sweet parts to the uh -huh. traditions of santa or whatever but it's just never been a part of our our family kind of dynamic um what i reflect on a bit is is um as a kid i just loved being spoiled by my grandparents and they were just the best they, you know good food good presents and they were just just they lived for us. I mean, they were just yeah. the greatest grandparents. The good world. relationships is healthy shit, right? I, I you feel valued as a kid. I just felt loved. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I dissected it like like so much it, 
you know, as a kid, I just knew that I loved my grandparents. I loved being around them, and they were just the best. And they valued you. And, and my grandparents were a little scary. <laughs> what I see now as an adult is is one of the greatest joys is seeing my mother be a grandmother to my kids, and that's one of the sweetest joys as an adult. And I see how like 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 say my grandmother's love for me sort of has a way of continuing on in my mother's love for my kids. It's, that's like the way I think love works, spirit yeah. works, whatever yeah, language yeah, you yeah. want to use. It, it works in kind of that generational sense and yeah. just really seeing that be alive and real. It's, it's really beautiful. Right. So, um, yeah. So my kids love that about my mom and it's, it's, it's sweet. It's really sweet. Right. Uh, so that's, that's a big thing in, uh, among others. Um, what about Derek? Did you uh, you dig your grandparents? Were they scary or? I did actually. Joe talking about that kind of kind of spurred some stuff for me from a Christmas perspective. Because growing up, I actually usually liked Thanksgiving and New Year's much better than I did Christmas. Hmm. Kind of from a like from the excitement standpoint. Yeah. Because uh, we tended to do big parties, <coughs> big groups of families all getting together. Uh, you know. New Year's for us was a really big holiday, uh, mostly from my dad's side. And so we would get big groups of families together and stay up all night. And the way my dad had always done New Year's was uh, his parents would go dancing every year on New Year's, and the kids could stay home and get whatever junk food they wanted. Oh, no. So <laughs> he brought that, not the dancing part, but so we basically would go out to the store and buy all the trash that my mom wouldn't let us <laughs> buy for the rest of the year and just make ourselves absolutely sick staying up till one in the morning or oh whatever. Oh my gosh. It's uh, like a child bender. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. And then Thanksgiving, kind of similar feel, not, you know, just stuffing ourselves fat and then going and and binge-watching movies with friends type of thing. Uh Um, And Christmas was always more familial. My family was odd in that we were pretty dysfunctional, but we managed to do holidays well, right? (laughs) which is kind of not typical. We we seemed to get along better around holidays, um, which, again, just... We we had a lot of dysfunction, but for some reason, it was... Maybe it was just... It was a thing for everybody to agree on, and and so we just all agreed to have fun. Um, Right. And, and then thinking about from my grandparents' perspective, um, it was the one time of year where both my grandparents would come out. And I loved both of them, but I had a really special relationship with my grandfather, which in retrospect is really odd because nobody else in the family really got along with him all that well. <laughs> yeah. They had their own kind of... A lot of them have some fairly significant trauma from interactions with him. Mm. But me and him had this weird, I don't, yeah, just this connection from a very young age. And so I was always really excited about, honestly, well, especially up until the age of 13, our family was pretty poor. So Christmas was great and I got stuff, but it wasn't like, you know. And then I have to go to school and listen to what all the other kids got. Like, oh, damn it, like, nothing. Um, <laughs> I thought I liked my toys until I went to, went to school. Um, but but hanging out with my grandpa was always the highlight of that because, uh, yeah, we just had this... He would sit and we would talk about interesting things and he was an interesting person and he genuinely seemed to want to interact with me, which, again, is so bizarre to me 
because he had such a near hostile relationship with all the other kids. Wow, mm -hmm. he's like, like he talked to you like an adult or like a kid. It was very. I don't know. Like he he walked that line really well. Nice. Like, like. Uh, he knew I was interested and curious, and then stuff would come out, and he just had a really good way of explaining it to me in a way that made sense. Yeah. And he would sit and take the time to explain this and that and, you know, go into this perspective on that, but in a way that could engage with, you know, from a three-year-old up to a, not even up until what I am now. Right. Um, we've always had that relationship and where we can, and not just, like... Is he still with us? Uh-huh. Oh, well. Um, He's old. And it's funny because, and again, because my grandmother was a very wonderful, a very healing, sweet lady, and every other sibling, every other kid in the family got along much better with my grandmother. Uh, and I, and she was great, and I loved her, but I really never really interacted with her very much. I mostly hung out with my grandpa huh. because we have this connection. So, yeah, it's just in retrospect, kinda... in retrospect, as an adult, it's really odd, but. That's what it was. I don't think it's odd. My, I think I had kind of the same relationship with my grandpa, sort of. Like, he was always funny, and and he didn't talk about religion a lot. My grandma would always tell me Jesus stories and have to kind of, I don't know, evangelize Remember me the and, reason for the season? Yeah, and it was not just that. It was like weird rules and shit like that, and it was just kind of freak scary. Like, oh, grandma's going to bring me some rules or something. I don't know. And uh, But my grandpa was always funny, and we'd watch uh, the Muppets, you know, and we'd laugh at the old guys. And I think I get a lot of my, my sense of humor from my grandpa. So we'd always make jokes, and we were into comedy, and he loved comedy, anything to do with comedy that wasn't dirty, right? right. Classic and, uh, plastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Clean like stuff. Albert and Costello. Like and, Bill yeah. Cosby. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre... I'm old. Like, this is pre-Bill Cosby. Even. Charlie Chaplin uh, and Buster Keaton and that type of stuff. Uh, not even... Well, not that old. Not like, that you know, Albert and Costello yeah. or the Three Stooges. Yeah, right. There you, go. you know, all that. There was about three years ago when I was in full deconstruct mode. Full immersed in it, and Christmas was brutal that year. Just triggered the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah. I'm not there anymore, but I was then. Oh. Where, like, I realized that you know, friends of mine, even just <coughs> where I was coming from, where you start to kind of like my views had really taken a hard turn, like to a totally different direction. And you see that did the music trigger you like to everything, the songs like everything we would do advent devotionals and and we would listen to the music and it was like all this stuff is centered around this idea that Jesus the incarnation is the purpose the whole purpose of it is human sacrifice and bloodletting and appeasement of the wrathful deity and oh thank you baby Jesus for being born so you could appease the wrathful deity you know. I'm of course being a bit right. flippant as I say that, but that's the way. That's where I was at the time, and it just yeah. was like it was just. It's everywhere. If you, if you look for it and, and, and you listen to it, in all the Christmas songs and all the Advent devotionals, it's just full of of original sin and mm -hmm. human sacrifice and penal substitution. All these things that I found. And I, well, I, I still do, even though it doesn't trigger me right. nearly as bad as it did then when I was in kind of the acute stages of. Of going through that, and it's like, man, 
fuck this. <laughs> like, it's like Christmas is awful. So like, for you, the war on Christmas wasn't going fast enough. Like we need more, more aggressive war. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just more like, do you people realize what you're believing and saying and how repugnant it is? And and uh, oh, this baby was born to save you from Molech or some volcano god. You know where you throw <laughs> you throw the virgin into the fire to. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's that's the way I kind of started to think of. I, I saw like my evangelical. The, the lens in which I had as an evangelical, I, I, come, I came to see it as very very pagan and very repugnant. Yeah. Just, or I was at the time. Like Zeus. Kind of yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember a similar sentiment. And my, my wife was attending this other evangelical church after she left the one we used to go to together. And, but they had an event that she took me to, and the whole reason I went, it was a concert so I had to endure all of that singing was because at least they were doing it and getting together coats that they were going to give to kids mm. at the local school that didn't have any um, and every year they did this concert and they usually collected like 60-70 coats a year oh. to donate to like poor kids, primary school kids so nice. it was that's that a good cause. Sure. Yeah. Also, no, I get it. Yeah. Totally triggered. Like I hate this, and and at the time it was just so wounding with some of the relationships that had been broken through that construct. That it was. I remember being enduring it and just shocked that I couldn't even drag myself there. But that was just because it was for actually something good, not. In 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 that right there, what you're pointing to is is I think eventually where I ended up landing is you know people are good people are actually better than their beliefs if their beliefs are you know in, in some way um, m- might be darkened or skewed from a certain way of thinking about it and and I, I don't know like I, I I feel like I've gotten to a place of less anger less judgment just more acceptance of people are where they are and you know everything belongs and you know it, it it's okay like I'm not really all that. It, concerned with needing to be right, you know, you can be where you're at, and, and it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I might not agree, I might uh, think what I think or disagree, but but you know, you can let that stuff go better than yeah, you big time. To. But 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 again, though, that, I think that's part of the process, it's part yeah, of the it journey, is. though, yeah. is to is to go through that stuff. And that that particular year, three years ago, was brutal, so brutal. Yeah. So what was this co thing last year, Arthur? Uh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> so you're going to go again? Uh, you just drop off some coats and... Well, yeah, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you... Does Christmas change for you as, as an atheist or as agnostic? Is it is sweet or is it like... Um, uh, you like well, to go back to that, that cheesy phrase about reason... Mm-hmm. You know, before it was very dogmatically defined by theology, and now it's what I make of it. So, uh, right, it's maybe the meaning's better, just because now it's about the time I choose to have with those I care about, and what we choose to do mm-hmm. based yeah. on what you value, without yeah. someone dictating what's important. It's not the church calendar right. anymore. Right, um, so much of it was. <coughs> So now we have to choose what we do with our time more, mm-hmm. and not that my you know not that my wife and kids don't participate some in that, but not to the level we used to. It's nice to feel that the the elements of the season are not obligations, but things that you can yeah. choose, and it's it's so much more meaningful when it's not an obligation. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the difficult part, I guess, is, and even with kind of like the topic tonight and reminiscing for me is that um, I've just had a really bad fallout with my family this year, and mm-hmm. so the holidays are just kind of difficult because mm-hmm. I'm just too wounded to talk to them, and I don't want to talk to them. And so remembering things like holidays just brings all that back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All these are hard for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know? That's yeah. the other side to that coin. I, That's part of why I wanted to do this show, because, you know, doing a show on recovery for 12 years, like, the holidays are always really bad for a lot of people. And a lot of it just it has to do with relationships, you know, busted, broken relationships. Um, My father died three days before Christmas. Oh, man. And the, he had the, the funeral was, you know, his casket was placed between, like, two large Christmas trees. Yeah. Because my father loved Christmas. Did that mess with you at all? You know, I'm thankful to say it didn't. Like, like um, it did my sister probably more than me, but um, uh-huh. but it never it never darkened my love for Christmas. But I could see how it easily would have, potentially. It, it didn't personally for me. It, it did, I think, for my sister, like I said. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm pleased to say that it that that didn't put a cloud over Christmas as much for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's just understanding that you know people die. My father loved Christmas, and it's not a reason to not love Christmas. Yeah, you know? but but damn, my mom passed a year ago. It'll be her death. That was anniversary. Yeah, because you didn't come to my birthday 11th. party, and I remember. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. In, yeah. It was the eleventh, and. Uh, so that's rolling around, and it was also strained, kind of like because I feel you with you, Arthur, with that too. Because my mom and I's relationship was strained as some stuff with my stepfather, and so Christmas wasn't the same. And that my mom had dementia, so she she was fading, and she came over last year for for Thanksgiving, and I don't really, I'm not too sure that she knew where she was. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it, she passed, and that was sad. But at the same time, there was also a little bit of a yeah, you know, it's it's relief too because she's not suffering right. anymore, and and you know, there's something to that. But yeah, the, but it was weird going back to when I was a kid. So my mom and dad split up when I was seven, and and that was hard. But Christmases after that were materially awesome because you got two because I was a blended family right so I gotta go to my dad's Christmas and my mom's Christmas they all you know the step brothers and sisters and it it was a little weird with my step brothers and sisters because there was always this strange and maybe that was just me being a cerebral kid at the time just tying value to shit that you got like mm-hmm. oh my step brother got something more expensive than me or something they that I wanted or something. <laughs> yeah they was a lot more but it was weird so yeah blended families for Christmas anybody out there dealing with that man I, I feel you with that one too one thing we've done that's been important to us is to create our own traditions or our own yeah. just within my own and not family. get divorced that's another well, th- yeah <laughs> that, that helps but but th- that whole thing with um you know extended families or blended families i love you blended family people you know i'm fucking with you we've always been like you know what christmas day 
We're in our pajamas opening gifts. We're at our house. We're drinking Baileys and coffee. The kids are playing with their toys. It's a relaxing day. I mean, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm not going to your thing. I'm yeah, not going right. to your, yeah. you know, your turkey dinner or whatever. If you want to come hang out, you can come over here. I ain't leaving. And right. we've really been, my wife and I have been very protective of that. And that's been really healthy. Because yeah. you see some people just run around, like, you know, going 20 different directions. They got to go to this, that, and all I these did that. obligations. Like, oh. you know what? I ain't doing it. No. <laughs> so, uh, my wife stopped first, and I felt a little like, oh, and then I'll go alone. One time my son and I went when he was a teenager, and because they have, a, so my family has this big thing, or they used to. Um, I don't know if they're doing any of this here. I haven't heard anything, so that, that might be good news. Uh, but it was a, it was on Christmas Eve of all times. The whole family would get together, and it was kind of cool to see them. And I liked seeing them, and I enjoyed their company. But not on Christmas fucking Eve, man. Like I just want to chill and relax and wake up in the morning and you know do the presents and the whole thing and just enjoy Christmas Eve. But it was this: oh, we got to tow all the kids and get them in the minivan and strap them down and get to the thing and open presents and buy presents for all those folks. And yeah, it was it was kind of stressful. And then. And then on Christmas, I had to go to my step because of the blended family thing. Still, when you're an adult, mm-hmm. you got your, the, the grandmother and then the grandfather. My dad moved to Arizona, which was helpful. But, yeah, it was, dude, I feel you. Like, dude, I don't want, now that I'm an adult and I stop doing that, and then it's just like, no. Mm-hmm. Christmas is just staying home. <laughs> chilling out and, and protecting yeah. that. Yeah, and protecting yeah, that. protecting that. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a friend who has um, a really difficult relationship with her mother like honestly they they probably need some space but um yeah it's it's a pretty toxic relationship that she has with her mother and uh and they had a like a family christmas thing that they had to go to and you know got all dressed up as nice as they you know possibly could like you dress your best when you go see this woman oh jeez um, or she'll judge you if you right, don't right and they have to be you know perfect behavior the food has to be perfectly prepared like there's there's a lot of it's a behavior thing um mm. and i you know it's like we we love you if you do these things perfectly right. um, that must work out yeah so so like i said toxic relationship and they were on their way in the car had the meals prepped all the gifts were perfectly wrapped the kids you know no peanut butter on their faces or anything they were in the car on the way there and her husband looked over at her and said are you okay and she looked back and said no (laughs) and he said all right he turned the car around drove him home and said you can tell your mom it's my fault you can tell her i'm sick you can tell her whatever you want but we're not going this year Nice. Probably the best thing they ever done. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> he was her so hero, right? You. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> that was, awesome. was. He absolutely was. That's and great. Like you know what? I think there needs to be space for that to just. That's right. Know, it's not healthy for our family to do this right now. We're going to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Build your own traditions, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's healthy. Even and just uh, you know, a year off, some space. We'll get together another time when it's not such high pressure, or we won't. That's fine too. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> Christmas decorations. So you guys have any weird Griswoldish uh, kind of decoration stuff? Are you decorating your yard? Are you doing your Clark Griswold thing this year? No, <laughs> no. I love driving by your house. But that was another thing. Like that's I was, one of our traditions. Is it true story? Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I used to I, my my house would look like a freaking casino. 
It's and the best, dude. You're like Clark lights everywhere, and they, but the, it gets expensive. I bet it does. Oh, yeah. It was seven hundred dollars one oh. year. Oh, oh, dude, that was bad. And that's <laughs> we started using hard stuff. No, that was the whole season. So we calculated up what you know, oh, exactly November and December. No, that was the Just light bill. And electric, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we had to. We had to clean. So the way the way my house is wired, <laughs> the way my house is wired that year, we had to plug like things in different the kids' bedroom. Like okay, we had duct tape on the thing, and it would have plugged this and put this in this room. So we had to even everything out so that the breakers didn't blow. Wow. The your house, thing so, go, your house you know. is so perfect in that Clark Griswold way because it's really decked out, mm-hmm. and you had the. Um, the uh, the RV like cousin Eddie's yeah. parked there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just perfect. Man. Yeah, it was perfect. The RV right next to the house. The RV is actually longer than our house. But, but uh, there's an RV. <laughs> but that's what I was doing last year, and that's when my mom passed. As I was kind of in the process, because it kind of builds. You know, I would just add on more and more and more and stuff. And uh, and then you know, my mom got sick, and I just didn't. I wasn't into it last year, and this year. I might frame the house with lead lights, and that's about it. I don't think I'm going to do the whole... We might do some stuff. My cousin Chris is coming up. She had a stroke, and she came up for Thanksgiving, which was awesome. And and she's in a, like assisted living facility. That was what was cool, too, is like... Here's, here's a kind of a cool gratitude exercise. My cousin spent a month um, just so that she could go upstairs, because there's stairs going into our house. And the people at the facility said... If you can climb stairs, we'll let you go. But if you can't, you can't go because there's no wheelchair access. And so that was a motivator for her just to go up one little thing of stairs. You know, I look at my life and go, you know, <laughs> like shit you take for granted, right? Like, I think my life's tough. Like, that's, she, she climbed them stairs, man. She came over, climbed them stairs, and came over Thanksgiving and went down the stairs. She had to do that, too, and used the bathroom while she was there, and... And and all that was a challenge for her. Sure, you know. So she's coming over for Christmas too, and 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 that'll be, that'll be cool. That'll be different. I so I want to do some lights for her for Christmas. You know. I have a good light story. It's okay. <laughs> Heart wrenching kind of things. So our next door neighbors, um, they bought the house a couple months after we did. It was their dream house, and like. Two months after they moved in, found out that the wife had terminal brain cancer. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, and she started deteriorating pretty fast. And um, so right after Thanksgiving, she wasn't doing so hot. And so her husband got a huge group of people together, and they, as a surprise, totally decorated the whole front. And it was just amazing. Like, lights everywhere. It looked fantastic. Right. And I remember he, you he putting carried her out. Yeah. So he carried her out so that she could see the lights. Um, and it was, you know, one of the last lucid days she mm, had um, wow. before the cancer took over. And she, I think she actually died December 11th, too. Um, and then, so, after that, he, I mean, that was their dream house. Like, they, he was devastated, obviously, by the loss of his wife. And it, it was so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, through, like, the grief support and supportive friends he met a woman who had lost her husband to stomach cancer Mm. they started dating um they had a a good relationship and then she moved up here and moved in with him and the weekend that she was flying the last of her stuff up from um, california found out that he had lung cancer and uh and it wasn't 
a good prognosis. Um, and uh, so that Thanksgiving, by Thanksgiving, he was already really not doing very well. She decided to stay and nurse him through it. Which is, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, so wow. he, he really wasn't doing very well, and it was looking like he might not see Christmas. And so I said, you know what? We got to decorate. And so I rallied the neighbors. I got on Facebook and got in touch with a bunch of his friends and got a ton of people out, made a big thing of hot chocolate, and everyone came out for a work party one day and decorated everything. And it took him several hours to be able to get out of bed and put on some warm clothes and get in the wheelchair to come out and see the lights. But it was, it he was, was pretty, pretty special. Lucid. He was pretty lucid for that, too, and that was he one was. of the last times he was lucid. So it was just bizarre yeah. uh, that that was it two years later. Two years later. Two years later. Two years wow. later. And then, yeah, and then he passed away mm-hmm. and... Uh, now his son lives there. And yeah, now his son and his son's wife um, moved in. They just had a baby five days ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Wow. And uh, a little son. And uh, so I'm going to go check check with them and see if they need some help decorating this year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it was such a close, like, we had neighbors from all over the street come out and help. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't ask it that way because like, that could <laughs> <come> really creepy. <laughs> like, Do you need light? Are you sir? asking if someone's dying? <laughs> <laughs> you guys just had a baby. Every time Misha decorates for Christmas, someone dies. Actually, I didn't help. But if it did happen a third time, that's a Halloween thing, yeah. right? There. Oh, if, yeah, it's like Krampus or something. Burn the house. Down. <laughs> There's a lot of sweetness that though. That's the kind of thing. Yeah, that's you think about beautiful. And if it's a, if it's a, you know, you know, decorate and no one dies, that's good. Like yeah. you can celebrate well, that the, the as a way of lemonade on elevens. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. One of the things that happened out of that story was not only did people come and help decorate, they also helped come, came and took it all down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. The worst. Nice look great. You want to undecorate? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> March. I was always gonna. <laughs> I was lazy about that. Like I just dropped the lights, and then they'd be damaged. And after what's next yeah. year? The LED lights are expensive. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the saddest, <laughs> saddest moments uh, growing up. So my parents split up when I was eighteen, and um, and I went off to college right after that. Right. So, the first Christmas without my mom there, I came home for Christmas, and we, you know, we tried to do it. We got a tree, we decorated the tree. It was shitty, but we made it happen. Yeah. Um, it's like Charlie I baked Brown. All of the cookies myself instead of sharing the load with my mom. Um, and then I went back to school, and when I came home for spring break, the tree was still up in March. Spring break. What? Yeah, I came uh, home wow. for spring break, and the tree was still up, and I was like. It was, you know, it was totally dead. Right. The ornaments were still on it. The lights were still on it. Like a fire hazard. Well, it wasn't plugged in, but okay. it was just sitting there. And I'm like, God, I got to take the tree out. Said, well, taking the ornaments off was always your mom's job, and I just can't. Oh, wow. Mm. And I didn't, I was more angry with my dad than recognizing the trauma. Yeah. But from the time my parents split up, I kind of took over, like, the organizing who went where and did what for holidays. So... Because my parents wouldn't talk to each other, oh, um, and I was very bitter about having to always make the arrangements, and that was for six or seven years. Seven oh, years. You still do that, so. But I'm not bitter about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that might have had something to do with your uh, backpacking trip, maybe. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Not being homeless. Yeah. I like the uh, the cookie making 
traditions are fun. Mm-hmm. They are fun. What, yeah. Do you have cookies that you guys make that are favorites? Um, so my personal favorite are the Russian tea cake ones, are good. Um, which are seasonal for me. I guess traditionally they're not necessarily, but... Hmm. Um, I associate them with Christmas too. I, totally. I think maybe it, it is an American thing. Maybe not originally they weren't, but... Um, but now, one of the sweet things that my kids do, uh, so there's a woman who lives across the street from us and has for years now, and, and she's estranged from her adult children uh, for various reasons, and she comes over every year and spends a day baking with my kids. Oh, cool. Uh, because she just, she loves to bake and just doesn't have anybody to do that with, and so... Uh, we've you been, like to we've been neighbors like tea cookies. ten years <laughs> yeah, yeah. right it's, it's a magic thing to happen so, and my kids like it it's it's fun so I, I heard that overheard them scheduling that again this year and I was glad to see it happen cool that's great going back to lights I saw this infomercial there's like this real lazy thing you can do they have these new things where like these uh, you stick them in the grass and like they're projector lights yeah, yeah. Like project onto your ass <laughs> yeah. you can project like snowflakes <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. Of, like, yeah, music or something I think I have one of those like probably 20 bucks at Walgreens you know when those suck though <laughs> is if you have big street lights outside your house like yeah. you can't really see them yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what a 22's for that's <laughs> 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 yeah, true yeah or a BB gun you just get up there and I don't know what happened they took it out. It must have been an elf or a reindeer or some shit like that. We have a, a Christmas cookie that's a family, traditional family recipe that's been passed on for generations. Um, and uh, it has this very special cutter that you can only get in Norway. And so you make the bread, it's a, or bread, the dough. It's actually a yeasted dough um, with cardamom. And it's, um, and you use the cutter, you cut it, and then you kind of like do this flippy thing and then you deep fry them. And mm. then you roll them in powdered sugar, and I love them. I They're called spotty men. Super gross. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it is super more gross. for me. But that's 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 a whole like it's not just making cookies. Like you have to make the dough, you have to cut them, you have to fry them. It's a whole thing. So it's it's very much a more than one person kind of task, which is fun. So my mom and I usually get together and make the spotty men. My uh, my mother-in-law makes. Sugar, just sugar cookies, which are awesome. Mm-hmm. And then she gets all the different, like, uh, frostings, you know, and puts them on there. That's her tradition. And then she has to play that country song, Christmas Cookies. Have you heard that song? I wonder if there's a punk cover. What if there's a punk cover of Christmas Cookies? Somebody should do that. You know there's a punk cover of uh, Christmas Shoes? By what is everyone's right, name? Is yeah, yeah. Shetland. Like it's actually Christmas pretty good too. Yeah, most emotionally manipulated, manipulative <laughs> song ever made. That's right. Even more than Mary, did you know? Yes, it's. Have you heard it? Have you heard the Christmas? I don't think so. It, okay. Yeah, it's became a running joke after it came out. It's like. Like you will cry. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, did you know? The punk version is is good because you just kind of go, oh, well, that's a nice story. <laughs> I'm more angry. Yeah, that's right. What else uh, have you got there, Russ? What else have I got? We've we actually we actually covered a lot of them just <laughs> by having punk I don't know by having this this conversation. <laughs> if I break that episode's already peaked, then singing is one of my favorite parts of Christmas. Yeah, it was one of those. Makes me sad. Like I, I love Christmas carols and Christmas songs. I love Christmas music, but there's so much crappy Christmas music out there that is yeah. just. 
horrible, horrible. Like Michaela's or our, our um, oh, what, what, huh? You said her name. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the favorite songs of the year is All I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard that song? I love that song. <laughs> I'm weird like that. Do you like it as much as my star does? Because <laughs> she plays it. Like, you play it 42 eight, times. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not so good the the 42nd time in a row. It's not that good. Did you ever buy her like a like a stuffed hippopotamus and then like? No, she doesn't actually want a hippopotamus. Just <laughs> lots of songs. Like, well, yeah, nobody would. Like there's something to it. It's, a, it's an earworm that song. Uh, but like, baby, it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know. Oh, that's so rapey. It is. I mean, we joke. About it's it's the Weinstein song. dropping everywhere. So every time you hear that song, now just picture Harvey Weinstein singing it, and I will absolutely <laughs> destroy that song for you. If you ever liked it, you can now picture that human skin tag yeah. singing. <laughs> Have you heard uh, Gary Hoey? I think he's a guitar player. Yeah, he's a guitar player. Yeah. He did a couple of Christmas albums that are really good. It's just there's no singing. It's just him playing guitar, and it's it's really Google Gary Hoey, Ho Ho Hoey Christmas. Mm, <laughs> so I play that. Yeah, I play that in the car while I'm driving. Sounds like I was around. taking a weird turn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to let's get back to weird, um, more weird questions. And we, but we've man, we've already kind of covered these. Um, any weird uh, like family conflicts that had to do with religion or religious beliefs or traditions around Christmas time? I won't go to church with my mom. Yeah, <laughs> really. We used to go like Christmas Eve service with her, and yeah, we don't do that anymore. Because um, she insists on going to her. Well, it's not. And so she goes to her church, and I'm not yeah. going to go. And I'm, and we're fine with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's weird or conflict per se, but yeah. but yeah, I'm not gonna. I just well, it it started like like my my sister and my brother in law are are not religious people, and I always would kind of I don't judge them as the word, but I, I kind of like dual thoughts where I'm like, gosh, you know, it kind of sucks that they won't even just come to a Christmas Eve service, but then like I would. But then I would think to myself, but you know what? It's kind of cool that they don't too, because at least they're being kind of true to themselves. And yeah. why should I do something I don't want to do? It's your fucking religion; it's not mine. You know, <laughs> right. so I, I'm going, and that's kind of the way I feel about it now. It's like you know, it's your thing; it's not my thing. And yeah, it's cool that you do it, but don't expect to incorporate me into some tradition that you have that I don't value. You know, and, right. and not I, only that, but for you, when you go, don't you want to be there with people who? want to be there you would think it kind of not people who are coming out of familial obligation yeah exactly yeah exactly no because you're going to get them saved I had a friend who was a staunch atheist and just loved Christmas that's well, cool. he loved the music and everything. It was weird. Like, you even dig, like, you go over to his house and there's, like, lights and he's playing Silent Night or something like that. They have an activity. Now, that's the... Oh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have an activity, but... But, yeah, he's like... Well, it, it's yeah. such a iconic cultural thing now. Yeah, it's a yeah. cultural West, American... It's, so... Yeah, it's kind of like if you celebrate Halloween, you don't actually worship the devil. This is the way we I mean, really the, the religious right is whining that Christmas has been secularized so much it has no meaning anyway, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't but most of the practices we have as Americans for Christmas, I mean, aren't they relatively 
young, like yeah. 19th yeah. century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wasn't Santa Claus invented by the Coca Cola company, and that just set our culture? Like he, it along. started with something truth, right? Santa, Santa Claus is actually a Turkish that's real saint. bishop who was present during the Nicene Creed, mm-hmm. and is actually a badass. Like, yeah, he's so cool too. We were saint just reading Nicholas about him. Badass. So, so in our our quest for how to deal with the Santa issue at our house, um, we told our kids, or I, what we've decided is that. Um, the Saint Nicholas was a real person, mm-hmm. and we actually talked about his history and like who he was. He was a cool dude. He was very wealthy. He was the son of very wealthy parents, and um, when they when they died, he took his inheritance and sold it, and get, used the money to buy things for people who needed them, and was extremely extremely generous. Helped. He especially had a soft spot for children right. and sailors, apparently. And the whole socks thing had a, is there a story to that. Is that well, real that's, or? That's. Uh, I mean, that comes story. out of. That comes out of the um, Norse, uh, or the the like, not Scandinavian, but kind of the Northern European culture where, mm-hmm. um, like, they would put out their shoes, um, and some did shoes and some did socks. Um, uh-huh. And I think they probably did socks because they were already hanging up to dry, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, exactly. Here's kind of a, a fun thing now that we find ourselves in is is um, we, we now kind of we celebrate the feast day of St. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And so what... what are, is in your orthodox. Uh, correct, yeah, correct. And... And so what what we'll do now is is uh, there'll be like a like kind of a party you get together where Saint Nicholas I'm using my uh, you know quotation mark Saint, Saint yeah. Nicholas comes like like someone dresses as Saint Nic- as Saint Nicholas uh-huh. and he comes dressed up like Saint Nicholas and he gives tells stories and he gives gifts to the kids. Well, the first year I did this, you know, because the story of Saint Nicholas one of the stories of Saint Nicholas is you know again he was present during the Nicene Creed. He's one of the, the church fathers that was there for that. And he's also famous for uh, the, 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 the church heretic, the early church heretic Arius. St. Nicholas actually punched him, like like decked him, because yeah. he's just so pissed off that you know, you're an asshole and you're a heretic, and he actually decked him. <laughs> nice. So anyway, I was asking my, my, my priest, because I knew we were coming to this party this first year, and that St. Nicholas, some guy dressed as St. Nicholas was going to be there. I'm like, so if someone dressed up like Arius and like St. Nicholas punches him and they get yeah. in a fight, because that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. But that didn't happen. Didn't. <laughs> I'm always thinking of ways to improve things, but... Yeah, there you go. He didn't, he didn't really... Would that give the... Mexican the, wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, as a heretic, John, you should see if you can get the guy <laughs> who's dressed as... Am I, I'm not a heretic. <laughs> I'm not a heretic. <laughs> There's some orthodox bishop somewhere who would say you're a heretic. Maybe. For some reason. There'd be another one that would say, I'm I'm say that's right. Exactly. Would say you're right, because you're orthodox. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And I talked with my brother today. We were talking about Hanukkah, and he's this. This is the first year he's shown any interest in our Jewish heritage. Um, so, like, he asked if I was doing a Passover Seder and came over for that. And then uh, this year he asked if we were doing anything for Hanukkah. And I said, Yeah, every year we light the candles, we sing songs, we. Fry up some homemade jelly donuts. It's awesome. Do you want to come over? And he said, "Yeah, can we come over?" Oh, that's so, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's he's a, he said it's kind of weird, but I think I've landed on I'm an atheist Jew. And I said, "Well, you know what? There's a precedent." Well, yeah. There you go. That's a lot. <laughs> New York City. I really. That's been something I've thought about. Even like I've even thought of you with that with with the, with the Judaism thing that you know I grew up in a. 
in like a Chicano Central California family, and that was part of my upbringing. A lot of that kind of vibe and energy and tradition had a real you know Mexican American vibe woven through it. And right. now I've lived in the Pacific Northwest, you know, since the early '90s, and my mom. You know, she'll make tamales if she feels like it. You know, some of it's like the food and the aesthetics and everything yeah. and the music or whatever. But, but by and large, though, I'm pretty removed from it. And the older I get, there's a longing. It's like I, I kind of miss that family Christmas vibe that has that cultural element to right. it. That, that, so I, I get the older you get, yeah. you want to connect with kind of more cultural roots. And Well, different cultural roots than necessarily what I grew up with. Because every year for Christmas Eve, we would go over to my great aunt's house. Um, and they were like... From Norway, Norwegian. Oh, cool! And they made lassa, and they made lutefisk, and oh, every year we lutefisk. had a case of lutefisk. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and William, you lost me. You lost me. <laughs> My grandpa used to make lutefisk. Get clear the house, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that stuff is awful. But we oh. had to eat it every year. It was it was mandatory. Wow. It was not Christmas Eve unless you ate the lutefisk. My dad's from Minnesota, and they did the lutefisk thing like hardcore over there. They're really into it. And then we had an exchange student from Norway come with us for a year. And he asked him, do you guys do lutefisk over there for Christmas? He goes, no, we have refrigeration now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. only the American yeah. Americans are there. Yeah, who, do, who do the lutefisk. But the less is good. I mean, slot of butter and cinnamon sugar on a tortilla. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. My it's family delicious. is like deep. Like My mom's side of the family was all from Norway. Like when my mom passed, we went through a bunch of her, her old stuff. And she had... She had green cards and immigration papers from Norway that were dated around the 1890s, you know, early 1900s. Pictures of these houses that they built with their own hands, you know, these Norwegian uh, settlers that came over here. And yeah, my grandpa would make Ludfisk and and he loved that shit. And it was it's like, awful. oh god! And he had triple bypass surgery maybe because he loved it too. <laughs> it was like just salt and lard and lie and lie. Oh yeah, and <laughs> lie. Stuff. Like, like, like I, that's how you that's how you embalm a body. Yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I grew up around Christmas and New Year's. Like we'd eat menudo, and menudo is mm. tripe soup with corn hominy. Yeah, really but good. it's delicious. Would so still, good. Yeah. But most you people wouldn't touch dunk. it. Yeah, yeah that's no. true. There's some it's it's not. weird lupus. <laughs> When I lived in Alaska, the, the stuffies on, on uh, New Year's oh, yeah. Eve. So uh, for New Year's Eve, well, we have pickled herring, which is delicious. Oh, it sounds gross. No, it's really good. It's it really, is really, really good. good. Have you ever tried it? Yes, and oh, you can like you can like it. It's fine. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also we always had head cheese. Oh god, oh, dude! Which is, which, I mean, so, so zombies eat head cheese. Yeah, you just you just put you just <laughs> the cheapest Wonder Bread you can find. And you smother butter on it, and you put head cheese on it, and and it, I mean, it tastes like buttered white bread, is what it tastes like. Oh, but, man. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, you look at it, and you can see all the gelatinous little brain pieces in it. Oh, and, dude. Uh, oh, my God. And, it, and mostly it's fun because Reminds me of The Walking else, Dead. Mostly it's fun because everybody else freaks out about <laughs> yeah, it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah remember, that's the fun part. I remember when, when we were first married, or when, even when we were dating... Um, and Derek was telling me about this junk food tradition. I was like, sweet, oh, yeah. I am definitely taking that one on. That sounds like a great tradition. And he said, yeah, and we'll go pick up some head cheese. I was like, wait, why now? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I didn't actually know what head cheese was. And we went to, oh, it was Albertsons was the only place that had it. So we went to Albertsons and they had it. It was like, well, okay, that looks that looks okay. I think I could try that. And you say, no, it's brains, right? It's like... And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about head cheese is you say, hey, you want some head cheese? And they go, 
that sounds kind of gross. And I was like, you have no idea. It's so much worse than what you have in your in your head. <laughs> Traditions. It's literally what you have in it, your head. Yes. Cows out there. Yeah. So, yeah, that was. So I remember. Uh, Alaska. So I, I lived in a naval air base in the middle of the Aleutian Islands when I was a kid. I was 13 to about 15. I moved back here and got in trouble. Um, I was in trouble, and that's why they moved me out there. My mom and dad decided, well, you can go live with your dad in a, a naval air base in the middle of the Aleutian Islands. <laughs> Can't go anywhere there, you know. You get in trouble there, they find out creative ways of punishing unruly teenagers. Because there's nothing else to do, and you're in the military, and that's their, you know. Go scare away polar bears and stuff like that. <laughs> but all my, I had friends, and it was very, it was kind of cool uh, culturally because white people weren't necessarily the minority there. Majority. A majority. Yeah. yeah, there you go. We were the, we were, I don't know, we weren't the minority either, but we weren't the majority. So, you know, and you get a lot of really cool, like my Mexican friend, and I, and I got really good food, like traditional Mexican food that was just awesome. And then my black friend and his his family was from uh, was from Louisiana. It was like good Creole cooking and mm, just, oh, that's the goods, dude. And then and I remember him looking at me and going, "What kind of what kind of food does your family make?" They go bluefisk and fucking cabbage and corn and just like nothing good. Man. This is a salty guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like my. I remember saying that to my dad too. It's like, is there anything good that white people have? Like we came up with sausage, right? I think that's all we got going for us is. Is sausage? I don't know. There's Christmas cookies. There's Christmas cookies. cookies. That's right. Get all the Christmas cookies. You you can't live on that shit, but it's still. So you can for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, until you got to take insulin shots. Butter has protein. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you butter your Christmas. Yes. Butter on top. Yes. (laughs) So for young couples that maybe have a kid. Uh, I was thinking, like, what kind of wisdom could we hand down as as punk theologists to 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 like, like for the Santa thing? Like, if you could do the whole Santa thing over again, would you just not do it at all, or would, how would you how would you handle the Santa? Santa? Thing? What would you tell a young couple who are you know maybe they're on the fence about Santa? There's actually there's actually been a lot of discussion about this in one of the um, mommy groups that I belong to every year it comes up and what what we do so i started talking about this but what we do i really like what we do actually we say that um santa was real it was saint nicholas so the basis uh-huh. of the story is in reality the magic and the idea of santa is real like that's a very real thing that that the joy of the idea of santa is a very real thing santa just doesn't come to our house so that guy you see in the mall just, you know, continuing the magic of the idea of Santa. Yeah. Um, and kid, your friends are going to believe whatever they want to believe, and that is okay. You can't yuck their yum. That's right. Good, yeah. Yeah. Don't yuck their yum. Yeah, and if somebody tries to tell you what to believe, then you say, you know what? I believe what I believe. You you believe what you believe. Different people can believe different things, and that's okay. That's what you know with that. Well, we like went it. to a church that that you guys are familiar with that maybe you went to as well where I cynically, Mark's Hill. I cynically chuckled one year, very cynically, in a dark place, but it was like <laughs> uh, you know, uh, don't you don't teach your kids about Santa because it's a lie. 
And if your kids are going to believe the lie of Santa, maybe they're also going to believe that the gospel's a lie or the resurrection's a lie or oh, the man. Jesus is a lie, all this stuff. Yeah, that's a really common... And it's part. like, yeah. well, you know, okay, like, don't have this imaginary friend, but have this one is kind of <laughs> where my head was at the time. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I'm not one to give advice per se. I, I, I like Misha's... You know, we touched on that before. Not yucking the yum. We, my my oldest daughter is turning thirteen this weekend, and we were just kind of you know talking and reflecting on some memories and stuff. And she was the first grandbaby for like my mom, and the first niece for like my sister. She's the first one, like kind of you know. So when she came into the world, uh, it, she came with a lot of um, well, a lot of favor and a lot of anticipation, but also a lot of uh, because she's the first one, a lot of unsolicited advice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was actually just telling her like, yeah, like I actually got in a fight kind of with, with your grandma and with your aunt because of unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. you know, and I li- like, it, it's just one day it just came to a header and it just blew up. Right. And I, and I told, told my mom and sister, like, you know, when I want your parenting advice, I'll fucking give it to you. <laughs> and ever since then, it's been great. Yeah. Because sometimes families, sometimes it needs to boil over. Sometimes yeah, yeah. that confrontation's needed. Sometimes yeah. that like, you know, uh, having boundaries and, and, you know, hey, no, like, yeah. I don't want your unsolicited advice. Yeah. If I if I do, I'll ask. Or if I want your opinion, I'll ask. But otherwise, shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. It's been great since then. Yeah. It's been great. It's, it's, so sometimes that kind of tension or, or the, that conflict can be good. Yeah. Um, but Unless they keep doing it, then it's not good. But the Santa thing, I mean, it has an expiration date. I mean, your kids are only going to believe yeah, it until they're, they're what, eight, maybe? I, I don't know. But how do you let them down? They're not too devastating. I think that, and I heard this from a psychologist. I used to listen to a shit ton of psych lectures just doing the other podcasts, and I listened to, I, I don't know, I was weird. I geeked out on that stuff. And uh, one psychologist had a great kind of piece of advice, and it was. It was that kids, you know, kids around four or five years old, there's a, there's a really dim line between reality and pretend or imagination. So if they want to believe that, that's fine until they get to that that stage where they're starting to go, okay, pretend reality, Dad. Like, give me the give me the scoop. And like, well, Santa's pretend, a pretend character. Or someone in history, like you were saying. This is a history thing, but this whole thing that Santa comes to your house and brings... Like, that's not real. That's a pretend thing. We just kind of pretend that he's still around and doing this. And uh, and that's probably the most... I don't know. It's a healthy way to, to let your kids kind of have it, but then realize it's not really... Well, I think fundamentalists fret over it or, you know, people that... And I did. I did that. I was a, such a fundamentalist asshole. But, I, kinda, I was that guy. I was like, you I'm not, I did, my out. daughter like, didn't do Santa. We didn't do Santa because we thought it was like, I don't know, pagan or lying to our kid. Or but she might not that, understand Jesus. It's about that Jesus. Down to lying boils <laughs> lying down to something that I despise. Yeah. <laughs> where you know it, it's not lying. Yeah. To. Have fun with your children. Yeah. Imagination, wonder. Yeah, yeah. We, and yeah. let that be for a while. Like, that's not lying. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I remember I had a relationship with 
with uh, a couple who the wife was so rigid on lying that she wouldn't throw her husband a surprise party. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because she would have to lie <laughs> oh, weird. to pull it off. And I'm like... And lying is a sin. Right. It, it, was, it was just that black and white. Jesus died to die for that. Yeah, so. we, I had that conversation with our daughter actually last night about Santa and lying. Um, because she said, well, Santa isn't real. So we have the, the conversation that we had. And I said, now, now why do you say, why is this important to you? Why did you bring that up? Because I'm just curious what she's thinking. Like, why is this a big deal? And she said, well, a lot of kids in my class believe that Santa is real, and that's a lie, and I don't want them to believe in a lie. So I said, well, there are different degrees of lying, and I said, well, it's not so much a lie as it is a myth, and a myth is more like a story, and yeah. you read mm-hmm. stories all the time, like she, she's in love with Captain Underpants right now, she loves Captain Underpants right, right. now, I said, you don't believe that's true, but you still find it enjoyable, right? right. And she said, yeah, totally. I said, well, no, it's the historical records from Galaxy Quest. Yeah, the Santa thing is kind of the same thing. There's a lot of value in it um, that... You know, it doesn't have to be true to still be enjoyable. Yeah. And still be valuable. And all those same people live by lies because lying is a defense mechanism that everybody has to learn and you have to learn at an early age. And here's the most common one anybody has ever said. Yeah. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. People have lied good innumerable times. You know what we do with people that can't lie? Diagnose them as autistic. <laughs> Here's the real question: Is how old do your kids have to be before you have a viewing of Die Hard with them? That's really. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, right. I just saw that for the first time. Like, years years ago. Oh, apparently, it's really old. It's the greatest yeah. Christmas movie, the second greatest Christmas movie ever. Yeah, yeah. It was, it Christmas was, Vacation. Oh, I like Christmas <laughs> yeah, Story. That's kind oh, of that's good jam. too. That's good. Yeah, too. that's a good one too. Classic. I think the point of this is to remember. That one of the greatest joys in life as a parent is fucking with your kid's belief system. <laughs> and just let yourself do that and don't freak out about it. Yeah. Enjoy, Enjoy the wonder messing with their. Nobody's ever figured it out. You're really just dis- determining your own experiment that you're launching into the world to see how it does, but right. you won't live to see its true end result. That's right. It's exciting. <laughs> go, go be Clark Griswold for a while. And look at the oatmeal comics; those are good around the holidays. That's right. Let's uh, let's land this plane. So, uh, thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All you Jewish motherfuckers out there. That's right. Later out. <laughs> And found you got it too We got coal in our stockings And I know I deserve it And so do you You're playing games with me again Thanks for listening to Punk Theology and a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays indeed. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project LLC who's responsible for its content saying that for legal reasons we are invoking the bumper promo rule as it's used in talk radio as well as free speech media and there is a spotify playlist for what you heard today as well russ's rockin christmas playlist on spotify if you search for that you'll find it uh but the bands were number one no doubt with oi to the world 
And then you heard the bumper Nothing for Christmas by Reliant K, followed by Jimmy Fallon's Snowball. That's the name of that tune. After that, you heard the very end of the song Sleigh Ride by the Sin City Sinners from Las Vegas. Then you heard Linus and Lucy from the guitarist, the excellent guitarist Gary Hoey and his Ho Ho Hoey <laughs> 2 Christmas album. Um, the last song, that was MXPX with Cole. Yeah, MXPX made a Christmas album. Check it out. Again, it's on Spotify. And I don't even get paid to say that. But hey, love you guys. Seriously, I do. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I already said that. Bye. Ow.